0: Welcome to worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. This virtual worship service is brought to you in a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person when you visit us in Old Town Alexandria.
1: Good morning, and welcome to our online service of worship at the Meeting House on this third Sunday in the season of Easter as we continue our journey walking with the risen Christ. Wherever you are on your own journey of faith, know that you are welcome here. Whether you're a longtime member or maybe visiting our homepage for the very first time, we hope you will feel God's welcome in this sacred space and time together. The Lord be with you. Let us worship
2: God. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself. In all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it. And gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. May God bless this reading to our hearing and our understanding.
0: Amen. Some walks are longer than others not because of the miles involved or even because of the landscape, but because of the burdens we carry. In today's gospel lesson, it isn't the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus or even the mountainous terrain that weighs down the disciples. It is the trauma of Good Friday and the loss of hope. As Luke tells the story, two of Jesus' disciples are walking home after his crucifixion, death, and burial. Earlier that morning, they had heard stories about his tomb being empty. But like the other disciples, they considered that to be an idle tale. They may have remembered what Jesus said about rising from the dead, but in the heat of the moment, that too seemed like an idle tale. And so they head for home. As they make their way toward Emmaus, they engage in what Anna Carter Florence describes as the post-tragedy thing, rehashing and replaying every detail in an effort to make sense of what had happened in Jerusalem. The walk to Emmaus has been described as the walk of every Christian, and for good reason, When you think about it, it has all the elements of the Christian life. Faith and doubt, the risk of discipleship, the inability to believe what others tell us, and the struggle to understand the scriptures and the sacraments. The disciples' walk addresses anyone and everyone who finds him or herself doing the post-tragedy thing. It is the walk of lost hope through the valley of disillusionment. We know this walk because of the many burdens we carry. Burdens like the loss of a job, a missed opportunity, a broken relationship, an unexpected disease or the death of a loved one. And thanks to the restrictions imposed on us by the coronavirus, we must now carry these burdens alone without the help of friends and colleagues, while working from home, teaching our children, and caring for our aging parents. We know this walk, and we know all about the trauma talk it engenders. As Luke tells the story while trudging toward home and talking through the trauma they had witnessed in Jerusalem, the disciples are joined by another traveler who ask what they are talking about. The question stops them in their tracks. One of them, Cleopas, says to the stranger, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? Jill Duffield likens this to someone coming up to us in a grocery store and asking, Why are you wearing that mask? What do you mean, why am I wearing a mask? Are you the only person on planet Earth who has not heard about the global pandemic and all the pain and suffering it has wrought? Trauma often causes us to speak with a bit of sarcasm and even anger when hit with a question like that. But Jesus doesn't let Cleopas's question throw him off track. And to their credit, The disciples don't let the stranger's seeming ignorance keep them from sharing their sad story. They sum up their sad story with these wistful words. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. That is what hope sounds like when it's been traumatized. Barbara Brown Taylor describes it as hope in the past tense and one of the saddest saddest sounds a human being can make. We had hoped. We've all heard it, and many of us have said it more times than we care to remember. It's the only thing we can say in those dark moments when we're traumatized by a loss of hope. Richard Swanson speaks for us when he says, We prefer to speak and hear in the future tense. We like it when friends and family members say everything will be okay, that life will go on, that things will get back to normal. But far too often, we find ourselves speaking of hope in the past tense. Swanson is right. We prefer to speak in the future tense, and rightfully so, I think. But the truth of the matter is this. We cannot do that without first acknowledging what is past, what was, but no longer is. To borrow again from Duffield, the economy is wrecked. We've been told to go home and to stay home, not for weeks, but for months. And we don't know who to trust, what advice to follow, when we will be together again. So much of what we had hoped for has not come to fruition. And besides all of this, it is now over a month and people are still dying. And moreover, we keep hearing differing projections about when we will go back to normal or what normal ought to even be after this time of pandemic. How can we talk of anything else? Yes, how can we talk of anything else? Like the disciples, we are obsessed with trauma talk. It seems to be all we can talk about in our homes and on our phones. In fact, it seems to be all anyone can talk about on the radio or the television or the internet. We had hoped for so much, but now so much seems to be lost. But as Luke's story reminds us, not everything is lost. As the disciples approach their destination, they notice their new traveling companion seems determined to keep on walking. Luke does not bother to tell us where he was going or for what reasons, but that really doesn't matter. What matters is this. The disciples urge him strongly to spend the night with them. And that simple act of hospitality transforms their walk and their talk. When the table is set for supper, their new traveling companion becomes the host by blessing and breaking and sharing bread with the disciples. And it was then, says Luke, that their eyes were opened, and they recognized him." To paraphrase the New Testament scholar Eric Barreto, in Luke's Gospel, Jesus is most Jesus when he is at the table, sharing food with saints and sinners alike. So it is instructive that it is not his teaching that opens the eyes of the disciples. It is not even his presence. It is his blessing and breaking and sharing bread with them that opens their eyes. When Jesus does the most Jesus thing of all, everything changes. After that, says Luke, Jesus vanishes from their sight, and the disciples return to Jerusalem to tell the others about what had happened on the road and how the Lord had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. It is a great Easter story, a story that gives us a lot to think about, especially in this time of uncertainty. It reminds us how Jesus is with us even when we cannot see him. He is with us as we talk of all the trauma in our lives and in our world He is with us as we grieve over what was, but is no more. Hope in the past tense. He is with us as we walk our long and lonely roads. And that, my friends, is good news. Life-changing news for us and for the world. Frederick Buechner explains it this way. Jesus always approaches in the midst of real life and the questions that real life ask when we are broken and vulnerable. The sacred moments, the moments of miracle, are often everyday moments, the moments which, if we do not look with more than our eyes or listen with more than our ears, reveal only a stranger walking the road beside us, or a meal like any other. But if we look with our hearts, if we listen with all of our being, if we live our lives not from one escape to another, but from the miracle of one instant in our precious lives to the miracle of the next, what we may see is Jesus himself what we may hear is the first faint sound of a voice somewhere deep within us saying there is a purpose in this life, in our lives, whether we can understand it completely or not. And this purpose follows alongside of us through all of our doubting and being afraid to a moment when suddenly Suddenly we know for sure that we are in the hands of God, whose name is love. This is what the stories of resurrection mean, because Jesus is the love of God, alive and among us. So on this, the third Sunday of Easter, in the year of the great pandemic Let us look with our hearts and listen with all of our being for the risen one who walks with us every step of the way. Amen.
1: As we move into a time of prayer together, we lift up a joy this week of clearer skies and a healthier planet as we celebrated Earth Day. And we ask that you hold so many in our congregation who are suffering loss from the coronavirus in your prayers, including Sam's husband, Margaret's brother, and Aaron's dear friend. Let us pray. Elusive God, companion on the way, you walk behind, beside, beyond you catch us unawares break through the disillusionment and despair clouding our vision so that with wide-eyed wonder we may find our way and journey on as messengers of your good news as we offer our prayers for the world gracious God breathe new life into all who despair heal all who need wholeness in body and in spirit, lifting up the lonely and depressed, empowering those suffering and barely surviving. Wrap loving arms around all who grieve. Comfort the anxious, the exhausted, the fearful. Stand fast with all victims of abuse and violence. Fill each of us with your Holy Spirit so that we might bear one another's pains and burdens with profound patience and tender care, even as we help our country heal by sheltering at home in prayer and waiting. Merciful God, parent of the risen Christ, help us to know your presence. Help us to pause, listen, hear, and follow. Guide us on the path of discipleship, so that as you have blessed us, we may be a blessing for others, bringing the promise of your kingdom, heaven on earth, with each of our acts and each of our words. Open our hearts to your power moving around us and within us until your glory is revealed in our love of both friend and enemy in communities transformed by justice and compassion, healing all that is broken. As we pray now the prayer your Son taught us so long ago, saying,
3: Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
1: Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And And lead us us not not into temptation, temptation, but but deliver us from from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the the power,
3: and and the the glory glory forever. Amen.
0: May the grace of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, and the love of God who raised him from the dead, and the power of the Holy Spirit, who fills the world with new life, bless and keep you this day and every day. Amen.